most of this field is dependent on subcontractors and not on the workers of the company itself and they don't have enough time with the manpower in order to sustain the knowledge that you require in order to have the learning process to adapt technology and to maintain it. Welcome to the Agile Digital Transformation Podcast, where we explore different aspects of digital transformation and digital experience with your host, Tim Butera, Content and Community Manager at Agile Drop. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Our guest today is Isaac Paz, founder and CEO of Safeguard, a contact and safety company utilizing machine learning to prevent construction accidents. In today's episode, we'll be talking about digital transformation in the field of construction, with a special focus on using AI to improve the safety of workers. And welcome, Isaac. It's really great having you with us today. Do you want to add anything, or should we just go ahead and begin? Yes. Uh, first of all, thank you for uh, for this stage, for this platform. I'm monitoring your work, and it's incredible. So thank you very much uh, for that. I would like to elaborate first about the need because it's really important to me to share why we went out to this quest. Basically, every five minutes, construction workers die in construction sites around the world. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is a dire problem. And, and unfortunately, it's mainly done because of human error. 90% of the construction accidents are result of a human error, which also it's, a, it's something that related to the construction industry in general. And most of the technologies out there are focusing on on, uh, not dealing with the source of the problem, which is decision-making. Our goal and objective was to harness the technology in order to support uh, human decision in real time. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the main objective and the main idea of our technology to focus on that and disrupt the way this matter is handled. I think that's the the message is human life. Construction is about growth. Mm-hmm. It's about humanity growth and construction growth. It's supporting it. And it's all, all about us, the people, and the right of workers to come back home to their families. That's what I wanted to add as a message. Awesome. Yeah. And, and I think that we'll discuss most of what you introduced right now in a little bit more detail a bit later on. But first... I want to take a few steps back and first uh, ask you, Isaac, what's even meant by the term contact and what are some examples of contact? Okay, so, so, so that's a great question. Contact, it's a, it's a deviation of construction tech. Mm-hmm. And uh, we see in, the, in, uh, in all the other technologies, we see cyber tech, we see medical tech, healthcare tech, and construction tech, it's about globally, it's over $10 trillion of the global economy, and it's close to 10% of the world economy. And for many years, it was neglected. And now construction tech is all the realm of technologies that specializing in, in the process of construction, whether it's robotics, whether it's smart material, whether it's software that deal with processes in the construction sites, quality, safety. And the key is to make this losing business and not efficient business to turn this all revenues to loss prevention and actually make a lot of money out of it. And that's what most of the technologies are working on. Also saving lives mm-hmm. uh, in safety means a lot of money in, uh, in saving for construction groups. That's all the realm of technologies of construction. 
we see in Israel, in where I come from, in uh, eight years ago when we started, there were like couple of construction tech companies, now over 200 companies in that room in Israel. But also globally, we see tens of thousands of companies in different stages of their life cycle. We see big investments and also exits and so on. So it's, it's pretty, pretty booming uh, area. And, and how does digitalization or digital transformation factor into this? Like uh, specifically, what's the current state or maybe what's some background, what's some history of digital transformation in construction and where are we at now? So basically when, when, when we started eight years ago, we felt like it's Egypt, like building pyramids. Mm. You put scaffold and you just build whatever happens, happens. And uh, the transformation is massive. First of all, on, uh, on terms of technologies of process management, which is the software, more ERP technologies coming into the field. We see more technologies of robotics that coming in and supported by, by software. And I think beyond all these technologies of smart materials and, and software and, and artificial intelligence and so on, that we see a lot of that coming in. What I see interesting is, is that construction companies have team and manpower that can facilitate that. So when we started, there was not somebody that deal with that. Today you have IT departments, which are capacities to receive digital transformation. They have innovation departments. So basically they have the team and the, and, and the management that is able to contain all the technologies that coming in. So I think the good sign on both ends is first the supply of technologies, that is boosting, but also uh, the capacities that the organization have in order to deal with that. And that indicates that this time, this digital transformation is not just above, it's actually going to catch. Mm-hmm. And I'm very optimistic about that. Well, so so my next question might not be the perfect one because it kind of takes a look at the other side. I was going to ask, what are the biggest challenges to you know large-scale transformation in this field, it's a, it's a, actually you're right. It's a, it's counter because mm-hmm. the, you see the construction field is project oriented. So basically, construction enterprises are moving from project to project. So today they can have three projects. Tomorrow they can have twenty projects, and but sometimes they can don't have projects. Mm-hmm. So they always ask themselves whether they are going to engage in R&D or technologies and so on. So that's what slows down the scalability of deploying technology in in large scale in general. But also we see that uh, this volatility related to the way they work with subcontractors. Most of this field is dependent on subcontractors and not on the workers of the company itself. And they don't have enough time with the manpower in order to sustain the knowledge that you require in order to have the learning process to adapt technology and to maintain it. So we see a lot of things that related to the way they work that impact the scalability. And again, the users, a lot of the time, the users are hard workers in the field. They they can be bothered using technology, opening technology, activating advanced technologies. For big technologies, you need to have advanced users, and we see 
also slow changes in that, but those are the things that not align with to move fast. Mm. I guess the first thing you mentioned was these periods of maybe where maybe they don't have projects and periods where they have a lot of work. I assume they would they have and would have to have adopt, adopted some kind of agile methodology, some aspects of agility. Yes, actually, in construction, I think it's it's the first they didn't call it agile. The ITEC called it agile. Uh-huh. I know that's that's uh, the realm of your expertise is agile. Uh, but you can see it in the way they slice the project. So basically, mm-hmm. take the project, the slices to, to different segments, and then they roll it over. I think if they will adapt in their project management methodology is more core agile capabilities, it would be very interesting to see how, how it's working in the construction sector. I think industries need to learn from each other and adapt mm-hmm. methodologies. We as a company utilize agile methodology sprints and, and, and all the, the way and the scrum capabilities, we are very happy. We find it very beneficial, very beneficial. Yeah, I agree. I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, even if you're not going to implement, you know, full-scale agility or something, you know, you'll definitely benefit if you allow yourself to, you know, just, you know, adopt some aspects of it that can help your, your company out the best way possible. Definitely. So now, Isaac, let's return to some of the points that we made initially when we started out the episode. So, you know, about the safety of workers, safety is obviously a big priority. And how can something such as artificial intelligence or similar new technologies help with the safety of workers and other high-risk roles in other industries? So basically, artificial intelligence in general is crossing all the industries. It's basically level of involvement where we uh, let algorithms or, or the machine, the processing power of, of algorithms process and compute the data. And we see it in all kinds of aspects and allow us to, to bring faster uh, processed information in real time. In terms of safety in the world, there are not that many technologies that bring end-to-end data that related to situations that can become potential risk. The way we approach it, we we build an end-to-end solution that basically covers the human factor, the management factor, the machine factor, all the mission and the method, combine all the data around these fields in real time. And then we employ algorithms that basically focus on identifying risky behaviors. Mm-hmm. We contemplated whether to create a deep prediction toward accidents, timing of accidents, but the prediction capabilities that we aim is to monitor behavior and help prevent it in real time. For example, we have an algorithm that analyzes human worker behavior through activities that it does throughout the week or the days in the field. And then if few items, the patterns accumulate together, we basically red flag that worker. And when he come to come into the gate, we also deploy smart gates in our sites, the gate blocking him and tell the site manager, this worker is in a potential to potential risk to himself, to the site and so on. So we do use artificial intelligence to identify risky behavior and to prevent potential patterns that 
can result eventually in an accident. And for that, you need a big computing power and, and very sophisticated algorithms that human cannot do that. You need the machines to get to it by themselves. And, and, and what happens after that? So, so a worker gets flagged due to potential risky behavior, and then, then how does that get resolved? What, what must the worker do if they want, you know, get a green light and be able to pass to their job post and, you know, to, to the site? You see, so this is, depends on the culture. The safety is a global, global mm -hmm. issue. So it depends on the culture of the society that employ that worker. Some societies just not going to let him come back to the site. And some societies have training system that basically they take him out to much simple, less risky work, and he need to go through a specific training program mm -hmm. until he evolves back again. They can bring him to back to the job he used to do because usually high-risk job pays more. So if you're not mm -hmm. going to be in those high-risk jobs, you're not going to get that much money. So it's a process. Rather they go hard, or go through more educating process. I cannot recommend which way is the best, but what we prefer is to make sure that the decision is done on the right time, to support the decision of the site, the team on the site, to make sure to tell them, listen, we have an issue with that, that person, please look at that, you know, and do whatever measures you do according to your corporate policies or the culture that you are part of. This cannot, this cannot work without team participation in, in actually facilitating the technology that we give them. We cannot support the decision without people putting data in an appropriate way. If they use the platform well and, and bring in all the modules and use it well, then it can work for them. But first, they need to, to work with the data. It's really important. Yeah, data, it always comes back to the data, right? Always. <laughs> always. Uh, okay, Isaac, uh, before we wrap it up, I know that we, we already talked about this a little bit, but let's dedicate a few minutes now in this final part of the episode to your expectations and your predictions in terms of future development in this area, so digitalization in construction. Yes, that's a, that's a good question. I think the construction sector was trying before to to become like industry where it's all assembly line and streamline and automated and it failed many many times before but i believe that that i can see now the terms the condition the technologies the money the funding are coming together to enable uh, get us closer to the vision of complete automation and less dependency in human capital which eventually will not require as much safety technologies as we, as we provide to the field. But I think everything will be more productive, everything will be more streamlined, and we'll see more nice, more ecology-oriented buildings, and everybody's going to be happy. Peace of mind. That's the perfect note to finish off our discussion, Isaac. It's been definitely a great one. Uh, before we finish, if listeners would like to reach out or learn more about you, when, where can they do all that? They can get to our website, which is www.safeguard.co.il, and we'll be more than happy to, to answer, assist, and, and we would love to have partners in protecting workers' lives all over the world. Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining us today, and really enjoyed talking with you today, Isaac. 
Thank you very much. Well, to our listeners, that's all for this episode. Have a great day, everyone, and stay safe. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to check out our other episodes, you can find all of them at agiledrop.com slash podcast, as well as on all the most popular podcasting platforms. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues.